Welcome to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. My name is David Leopold, and I'm the creative director of the Al Hirschfeld Foundation. And I'm Catherine Eastman, the archives manager. <laughs> David's making a face at me. <laughs> it's that easy, folks. <laughs> Uh, so welcome back to the Hirschfeld Century Podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, today, before we get started today uh, on what our show is, it has been brought to my attention that um, some people don't know that you should definitely, definitely right now stop what you're doing, scroll down on your podcast app or on the website if you're on the website, and look at the show notes because in the show notes... I go through the podcast and I write down every single drawing that David or I mention. And sometimes that's a lot of drawings. A lot of drawings. And I link, we link to those drawings that we're talking about. Um, so, so David... You can, and, you can it, see the drawings as we talk about Exactly. Because David and I are looking at them right now, either on our computer or we printed out papers with them on it. So we, and sometimes we just know, we just remember what they look like. We understand that you guys don't. And that's why we put the show notes there so that you can see the images in real time time um so when we're talking about whatever thing we're going to be talking about today you won't be in the dark you can follow it should be it's all in order you should be able to follow along with us and you'll want to do it today because we are we are touching on a A great subject and Uh, some that are obscure okay what some drawings are obscure (laughs) some drawings are obscure why uh, don't you let me tell them what we're doing oh okay (laughs) There's a motorboat in here. <laughs> that was a drum roll. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. I even did the cymbal crash. Okay. I thought the boat was crashing. Um, we are talking about Hal Prince today. Yes. Um, not only because of his tremendous career and his recent passing, but there is a great, let me repeat, great exhibition on about Hal Prince at the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts at Lincoln Center that you should go and see. Yes. It's up until uh, the end of March, and you will be doing yourself a favor, and anybody you bring, uh, you will be doing them a favor to go see this exhibition. Mm, that's three months. Yeah, that's actually a long time. Yeah, and it's been running for three months, mm-hmm. so your excuse for not seeing it is absolutely nothing. Yes. Uh, David dragged me to the exhibition uh, in if, October. If, <laughs> if, if I want Catherine to have any culture, I have to drag her. Um, uh, I sometimes uh, fool her into telling her that something else will be happening, and then thinks if we go and have that it. is true. That is a hundred percent true. <laughs> um, he tricks me into <laughs> by any means necessary. Yeah. Um, no, it was nice, and I did like it because I got to see some of my some of my favorite shows are actually going to be talked about on this podcast today. Some of my favorite musicals. If you're talking about theater in the second half of the 20th century, inevitably you're going to be talking about Hal Prince. Mm -hmm. Almost every uh, really major show. A lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah. um, He was involved with. Uh, He produced it. He directed it. Uh, He was really uh, such an important... There won't be another Hal Prince. No. Probably not. He came... He was uh, working at a time when uh, someone like him with enough uh, gumption and smarts could sort of create a new style of theater. Yeah, that's so true. Let's start. I have an idea of where to start. We haven't talked about this, folks. Why don't we start with the beginning, which also happens to be there's a Hirschfeld drawing in the exhibition. Oh, yes. Only one, which, you know. There could be a bazillion in there, but they only we, picked one. We, uh, but let's talk about which one they picked because uh, it kind of starts out at the beginning sure. of the story. 
Um, they pick a show. The, we, when we, we say they pick the the New York Public Library of Performing Arts, yeah. they come to us quite frequently. Um, that's a sure bet that there's going to be a Hirschfeld in a New York Public Library Performing Arts show. And there's really not a they there. It's the curator, no, that's Doug Rizai. I was just saying, yes, that's what I mean. Who's the We're curator talking. of the Billy Rose Theater Collection, who's who d- who's done a wonderful job with the show. Yes. Um, and although we send him a PDF of 66 yeah. different drawings <laughs> by Hirschfeld of Hal Prince Productions, he chose another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, he in some ways, he maybe he chose the right one well, because it's not the one you would expect. Exactly. Why not? So uh, the drawing is Say Darling. Say Darling, which was a 1958 musical, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read you the card okay. for the Al Hirschfeld caricature for the musical Say Darling. So this is straight from the exhibition. This is straight from the exhibition. This Al Hirschfeld drawing caricatures Robert Morse's caricature of Prince in the 1958 A. Burroughs, Richard Bissell, and Marion Bissell play Say Darling. The play was based on Richard Bissell's novel about his experiences watching the adaptation of his book, Seven and a Half Cents, into the musical The Pajama Game. Prince wrote that though he initially resented seeing himself spoofed, he came to recognize his Morse's imitation was, quote, an amusing and sympathetic performance. Um, he didn't draw Pajama Game, but here he was drawing a show about the Pajama Game. Mm. Um, he would eventually draw the pajama game in 1973 when there was a revival with Hal Linden and Cab Calloway, sort of strange little thing. But and Hal Prince had nothing nothing to do with so it. So how so how was the director the producer? No, he was the producer. The producer. He had started of the off as game. a stage manager. He had started off in George Abbott's office. Mm. Well, he'd even gotten oh, right, started right. started before that. But he really starts getting into the swing of things mm-hmm. when he starts working for George Abbott. Okay. And uh, his first Broadway credit is a stage manager for a show called Tickets, Please, which w- starred uh, Paul and Grace Hartman, who were a comedy team, a married couple. And the drawing itself is the only thing it shows is the two of them doing one of their bits in the show. Because nobody came to see Tickets, Please for the story. They came right. to see the humor that the Hartmans would do. Right. Um, and then the next Hal Prince drawing of the 50s, is, and, and his next credit, is the Irving Berlin musical Call Me Madam, which George Abbott directed, and in which um, Hal Prince was the assistant stage manager on. Oh, wow. And that's a terrific drawing. Yeah, it's a with great Ethel one. With Ethel Merman at the center, of course. Yeah. Um, She's always in the center of the drawing. Exactly. <laughs> um, he did When uh, Hal became a stage manager, and rather than just an assistant stage manager... Uh, was Wonderful Town, and of course Hirschfeld drew oh, that. Yeah. <clears throat> and that was a very big hit, was it not? Oh, that was a that was Huge a very hit. big hit. Yeah, because there's also isn't <clears throat> there also a drawing celebrating the was it hundredth performance? Um, it's celebrating the success, the success of, of Wonderful, uh, Wonderful Town, Town yeah. that I think he did for uh, Vanity Fair, yeah, or GQ, yeah. something like that. I've always liked that drawing. Oh, it's I a don't fun know. Drawing. It is fun. It just makes you smile. It's like if you get so our happy. newsletter, our email newsletter, we used that drawing yeah. recently. That was um, my idea, by the way. <laughs> David said, we need a celebratory image. I said, celebrating wonderful town. He said, oh, where geez. did you even think of that? I don't know. <laughs> um, but Hal was also an understudy in that show. Oh, which really? Which is just funny. So wh- he was an actor, too? He was not an actor. Oh, okay. okay. And I'm sure he was there just because they didn't want to hire <laughs> somebody else. He knew all else. the lines. Yeah. He knew all the yeah, lines. You know, sense. he was a stage manager. I don't know if he went on, and it's not important because he did not make... If he went on, nobody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but the 50s, you know, once he started producing 
it's incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, after the pajama game, damn Yankees. Mm. Uh, New Girl in Town, which is this musical version of Anna Christie mm. with Gwen Vernon. And of course, See. Bob Fosse had a lot to do with that. Um, West Side Story. Now, that's that's one you want on your credits list. Right. Yeah. Um, and while producing that show, he would meet somebody that would prove to be a very important collaborator with him. Stephen Sondheim. Correct. And uh, although there's, you know, the Times today actually has a story uh, uh, that recaps their coverage of West Side Story mm. uh, for over the years. And they talk about, you know, the first time it appears in the paper, which is a little thing in June of 1957, mm. saying that this show's coming up. Then they talk about the first picture that they ran, which was in September mm. of 1957, back September, I think, 8th. Um, what they fail to mention is that two weeks later, Hirschfeld does a drawing of the entire production mm. uh, and, uh, you know, just five days before the show opens. And that drawing, of course, becomes iconic. It really yeah. captured all the activity of the show. David it- has truly gone to bat for this drawing. I've seen it done. He has fought for this drawing. Let me tell you, it is it is an iconic piece. Yes. Uh, and for this to be drawn, we say, we say it all the time, but for this to be drawn before West Side Story was West Side Story, a cultural moment. Right. And, you know, this historical musical and, and things that we can say now, you know, and everybody knows what you're talking about. Right. Um, is really just incredible. Yes. It's it, a touchstone. He, it's a touchstone. Yeah. And... He drew. He captured what was going on on stage. He didn't yeah. capture a historic show. He didn't capture mm-hmm. a legendary show. He didn't capture a show right. that all of us know. He captured a show that was opening on Broadway right, that week. Right. And again, I think this one is also a very good example of uh, giving away um, or not giving away the plot. What is it? Right. T- what do you say? Telling everything about the story or... It gives you all the action of the show, yes, but, but not, not the, plot. the plot. No spoiler alerts. And I think this is always a really good one to show because there is a lot of action, but yet you have no idea. If you've never seen it. You right. Know. And, you know, just uh, a little di- uh, digression into West Side Story. He would do three drawings of the film. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and he would actually draw the film one more time in the early... Uh, he did those three drawings to promote... It to promote it when it first came out, uh, released by United Artists. And then in the early 70s, he draws the film again for a TV listing. Right. Uh, He draws the 1980 revival uh, that Jerome Robbins put on. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there's a a number of uh, West Side Story drawings. Oh, yeah. But it all starts with this one. Yeah. Um, And, of course, everybody would have said, wow, great Hirschfeld drawing. Mm -hmm. Show, West Side Story, looks interesting. Right. And, of course, the rest is history. Um, In the 60s, he just, Prince takes it up a notch. Yeah, the 60s, we got a lot here. (laughs) Um, We're not going to go through all of them. I want to point out uh, a show that was not a huge hit, ran for about three months, called A Family Affair. Mm. Maybe the last time he used a doily uh, in in his drawings. Mm. And these are doilies like your grandmother had. That's what we're talking about. He would put them on the, for those uninitiated, uh, he put them on the drawings uh, quite often. Um, I'm thinking of Bloomer Girl, where the, the huge, the beautiful ball gown is is a part of the dress. Um, he did the same thing in Meet Me in St. Louis yep. in a black and white drawing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, State I, Fair? Not one? State Fair. Louisiana Purchase. Louisiana Purchase, right. Um, so you think this is the last time he did a doily? I think that's, that's the last time he did that's a doily. That's actually really late. That's actually right. very, yeah. But, uh, all those drawings we were listing were from the 40s. Right. 
Yeah. Um, but I think I may have uh, said it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, I was in the studio. He didn't have a drawing he was working on. And I always took these opportunities. Be, it, Hirschfeld was very hard on his own drawings. Mm-hmm. And it, I, the, I found the Louisiana Purchase drawing and the doilies had fallen off. Mm-hmm. And I had said to him... Wow, it's a shame. I wish something could be done. And he said, oh, I have those doilies. And went into a drawer. And literally, it was a package of doilies from the, the 30s or the 40s. Ones, yeah. Exact same That's one. Exact same one. That's wild. Yeah. Right. You would think, well, it's a different doily. or No, it's, no, 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 it's, it's the exact, exact same, same ones. One. That's great. Uh, I found, it's a good wall, story. This, the, you know, like those wallpaper samples in mm-hmm. the 1928 mm-hmm. Law and Hardy piece. Yeah. I found those too. Oh my gosh. That's Hirschfeld was not a pack rat because those were things he could use again. Yeah. And, right, uh, right. You never know. So uh, I was trying to think of what piece from the 60s. You have you have two great drawings of Zero Mustel. Funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Right. And Fiddler, Fiddler on the Roof. Yep. Yeah, She Loves Me. And so what was Hal's, um, he, what, what was his, he was a producer of Fiddler? He, he's a producer of Fiddler. Um, the first show he directed... I think was Family Affair. Mm, okay. Um, uh, that he directed on Broadway. Uh, he directed She Loves Me on Broadway. Um, but really, what starts it, where he really starts directing all of uh, his or many of his shows, mm-hmm. is it's it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman, Superman. which is a, a terrific drawing. This is in a period of time where Hirschfeld is really into the dry brush effect. Uh, and you yes, can see I that see the that. suits yeah. of uh, Jack Cassidy and some of the other mm-hmm. figures are done with this dry brush effect that uh, he uses so effectively. Yeah. Uh, taking advantage of the, the sort of limited reproduction quality you had in the newspaper mm-hmm. and making it look richer. Yeah. And this is one of the few uh, comic book hero uh, drawings that we have. <laughs> yes. Even though it's not really a comic book. Uh, but there's a Batman drawing uh, there's Superman. Oh, there's little Abner. That's true. Yep, good point. We could even go back to uh, 1933 when you have him showing uh, the funnies number from mm-hmm. As Thousands Cheer oh, on Broadway. Oh, yes, yep, yep. Uh, so, but there's yeah. not a lot. There's not a lot. Not a lot. So. No, definitely not a lot. But we know all of them. Um, but probably one of them, and you have Zorba. I mean, it's it's really incredible, all these sort of iconic shows he not only produced, but in many cases directed. Yeah. Um, the one I wanted to point out was Cabaret. Of course. 1966. Uh, Cabaret. <laughs> you know, Cabaret was uh, incredibly uh, sort of paradigm-changing mm. musical. Um, there, uh, Boris Aronson was the set designer, and of course, you have to remember that Boris Aronson is one of Al Hirschfeld's closest yeah, friends. Yeah, best friends. Yeah. So you can see the, in the minds they they sort of saw the world in a mm. similar fashion. Mm. Well, for Cabaret, he produced a set that really was much more experiential. You felt yeah. like you were walking into a nightclub. Mm. There was a mirror on stage, so you could realize that you were in the show too, yeah. and it had a and and. In, in some ways, complicit. Mm. Um, it was a much richer psychological take on a musical than I think we'd have. And you could mm. see that in Prince's work, yeah. um, starting in West Side Story. You know, you have, while it's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet, it's, it's, it, it deals with contemporary issues. For sure. Um, and makes you think about the world that you live in. Yeah. That makes me think of Town, right? It's like, oh, I already know that story. Right. I've already seen, I already read that um, a million times. But to keep it current is 
is important. Yeah. And it, it drives audiences into the show. Right. Um, I was also going to, you mentioned Boris Aronson. I was going to plug the exhibition again because there are several set designs oh, of the sets. Gorgeous. And they are, they're really, really incredible, especially, I mean, I certainly, I mean, you even didn't go see those shows. Right. You weren't there. Um, the photographs are quite often of the cast very close. And so a lot of times I feel like at least when you look up old shows, it's hard to see the set. Mm-hmm. And so many of them looked nothing like what I would have imagined they look like. Right. And so that was really insightful. And I just thought really, really interesting. And they were very beautiful. And I we- think the art of set design, I mean, I would I would put those all over my house if I could. Those are incredible. Well, there was uh, there have been several exhibitions of Barnes yeah. and set designs. They're very, very wonderful. What was interesting about the exhibition is not only did it give credit to what Barnes Aronson brought to mm-hmm. How Prince's Show, because mm. it's Boris Aronson that puts the fiddler it, and fiddler on the right, roof. Right, right. Um, he really sort of, and, and Prince would be the first to tell you mm. that Aronson really brought these shows together. Mm. His scenic design really gave it all. Right, it gives uh, you the feel. Focal it point. Give, yeah. Um, and in the exhibition, you see all these wonderful set models yeah. that are just really incredible. And I think it's wonderfully credited, not just to Boris Aronson, but to his wife, wife uh, mm-hmm. Lisa Aronson, mm-hmm. who is actually the person who made the models wow. and who was an accomplished artist in mm-hmm. her own right. And I knew her. She was a great lady, mm-hmm. um, self-deprecating, but funny mm-hmm. and witty. <laughs> and, you know, to get her take on a play was a pleasure. Mm. Um, and of course, she was a, a old friend of Al Hirschfeld's, and and was part of his world up until the the end. Um, so I'm glad that she got to share in some of the credit of yeah. Boris's work. That was a. I just wanted to mention that if you haven't seen those in person, you definitely should. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. Um, we go into the 70s, and the 70s is really a period for Prince in which almost every show he does is with Stephen Sondheim. Mm. All the classic Sondheim musicals um, that we think of yeah. are done in this decade. You get Company, Follies, A Little Night Music. These are all drawn by Hirschfeld. They're yeah. all produced by Prince. They're all directed by Prince. And he was very much a collaborator on these shows. Mm. Um you get um, Sweeney Todd. You get Pacific right. Overtures. Yep. Um, uh, Hal Prince produced a review called Side by Side by Sondheim, right. which took you know these great songs from different shows and put them together in a review format that had a rotating cast of performers. Um, now, isn't that interesting? Because we always talk about the 70s as kind of looking back to the 20s. Well, it's a, it's a nostalgia period for yeah, sure. Yeah, but here they are kind of doing an old style of musicals right movies. well he's he's re uh, it's how prince he's reinventing the review yeah no. um you know sort of stringing together a storyline mm-hmm. um we'd see it again and putting it all together right. um you know prince was good at this mm. and he knew sometimes worked better right, than almost everybody well. anybody right. um what i think is interesting hirschfeld never did a cast drawing of side by side by sondheim because it wasn't a show in which you would have a cast drawing. Right, they were right. essentially individual numbers. And so there are lots of in little individual portraits. It may be the show with the most Friday drawings. Oh, it the, might be. There are yeah. six different drawings of performers. Really? I thought there were more than six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like there are a lot. Hmm. 
Uh, well, I mean, be. but there's a drawing of Hal Prince, I think, during the run of Side by Side mm. by Sondheim. So I don't know if you can consider I that one I would count the, that. I would count it. Well, I think, I mean, but, you know, that's the crazy thing is in 1977, uh, when the show opened, he would direct uh, another show on Broadway called Some of My Best Friends, which was not a big hit. In early February 1978, he would do On the 20th Century, which right. was drawn by Hirschfeld. Right. Um, and then the following year, he does Sweeney Todd. Yep. You this know, a- this incredible, I mean, a very unusual show. Oh, very strange. I mean, even strange today. <laughs> right. And, and obviously a great musical. It's been yes. revived, I think, oh, at least sure. three times on Broadway. Um, of Hirschfeld. course, we get uh, Victor Garber. Is it Victor Garber's first drawing? I don't like, I think it is. I'm going to check. I'm not the Victor Garber fan here, so that's up to you. Um, there's a great drawing of Len Carew as uh, Sweeney Todd that was a Friday drawing that we have actually up right now in the Harmony Club exhibition. Yes. Um, and it's great. We're going to do a, a, an evening with Len Carew and Leroy Reams on January 22nd where we talk to them about what it was like to be drawn by Hirschfeld. Yep. And Len, of course, has a particular insight because he's only been drawn 10 times. Oh, my gosh. You know, in That's 10 a lot of drawings. Shows. It's yeah. a lot of drawings. That is a lot. That is but a lot. But it, it, you know... Uh, uh, it gives you an idea of the kind of career that Len Carey oh, had. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, he got two drawings from Sweeney, Todd. Mm, so mm-hmm. Yeah, know, right, the cast drawing and his Friday drawing. Right. And uh, it is confirmed it was Victor Garber's first drawing. Well, <laughs> everybody out there, if you had your bets down, you've, you've won now. <laughs> Nobody uh, but um, Catherine really cares about that. That's not true. <laughs> the thing I think is amazing that he, they uh, Sweeney Todd opens March... 1979, Mm -hmm. it seems to me like you could rest on your laurels. You have done your work for that year. For the year. Nope, not done yet. Six months later, he he directs, it opens on Broadway, he directs Evita. Yes, one of my favorites. And let me tell you, that was not an easy show. No. There was a lot of contention, mm. you know, between Patti LuPone and Andrew Lloyd Webber. I bet. That's a lot of drama. Yeah, (laughs) right. Those- I mean, just saying Patty LuPone and Andrew Lloyd Webber, say no more. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so how Prince uh, really navigated that minefield yeah, that and got everybody um, on the same page. Yeah. And he would not let uh, disputes between the creative teams mm. and the performers to interrupt the flow the of the show. show. Yeah. You know, he while he wasn't producing it, he understood it mm. wasn't good for the show. Right. Uh, a friend of mine uh, was uh, is, was a critic out in uh, California. Mm. And when the show opened in Los Angeles, before it came to New York, there was a press conference. And he said, I, I understand there's been a lot of disagreement between Patti LuPone and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Uh-huh. We, uh and Hal Prince said, absolutely not. They get along fine. Oh, no. Which was a total lie because yeah. <laughs> both uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Patti LuPone in their respective memoirs have talked about how difficult the other one was. <laughs> but that was Hal Prince. He mm-hmm. was doing what was good for the show. He wanted to keep the peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And keep the focus on the show and not the drama surrounding it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and he would need to do more of that in the 1980s mm. because the 1980s is a really fallow period for hits Mm. for him in in many ways uh except one um he starts off uh um uh the 1980s 
with a production of uh, the Sondheim musical Merrily We Roll Along. Mm. Certainly one of the most sort of troubled. Right. Uh, they're still trying to work that yeah. out. Based on Kaufman and Hart's play of the same name, uh, a story told backwards. I can see why completely it appealed to Sondheim. Right, right. And to to Prince. It reminds me of uh, the Curtains musical. Mm. You know, it's a musical for people in the industry. Right. And those are the people, but not for the masses. And so, you know, consequently, it never really took off, which it seems like might be the problem with Merrily. It's so niche. It's never going to really But the songs get the are so great. And uh, I think this idea now of doing it in sort of chronological order rather than mm-hmm. as it was written mm-hmm. is a right. mistake. You know, yeah. it's like saying, well, what if we did Romeo and Juliet and they didn't die? Yeah, sure, you could do that show, but it's not Romeo and Juliet. You know? Right. It's a different show. It's a yeah. different show. Yeah. You, uh, Merrily Roll Along has this really remarkable score. Um, the drawing that Hirschfeld did the Sunday before it opened was also on the cover of the cast album. Mm. Uh, so a lot of people know it for that. Mm-hmm. But then he did a series of play, uh, A Doll's Life, which was drawn by Hirschfeld, uh, End of the World, this is 1984, mm-hmm. Grind, 1985, did a wonderful cast drawing, but there's a Friday drawing from that show that is exquisite. Mm. Um, Rosa in 1987, Nice not drawing. Not one for the ages. Not one for the ages. <laughs> so so then we get to 1987 where he directs Cabaret. It's the first time he directs a revival of his own work. And he had done previous revivals of other shows? Yeah, in the 1970s 70s? Okay. for the Phoenix Theater Company, he had done some revivals of classic plays. Gotcha. But I think this was the first musical and it, a musical that he was intimately first involved Hal with. Yeah, first okay. Hal Prince musical, but really any musical that uh, um, was revived. Revived. Gotcha. Um, and what's so interesting to me about the cabaret from 1987 is in 1966, Hirschfeld does a drawing that is a vertical drawing. Mm-hmm. The yes, character in the foreground is Lada Lenya. Yep. Uh, who would have been the star. And mm-hmm. while Joel Gray, as the MC, is there and certainly has an a important presence. Ro- a yeah, presence. Yeah. He's not the star of the show. No. By 1987... It's just Joel Gray. It's, it's, well, it's not just Joel Gray, but he's in he's front in of middle, everybody. Yeah. He's the reason people are going to see it. Yeah. And there's um, also a wonderful... Is it a Friday drawing? It's a Friday yeah, drawing. Yeah, wonderful of just Joel Gray. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... Uh, it's just interesting how it's like the King and I. The King and mm-hmm. I was written. Mm. It was it was written for Gertrude Lawrence. Right. Uh, Anna was the important right, but. figure, but after she died during the original run, mm-hmm. uh, Gertrude Lawrence that is, uh, it became Yul Brenner's show. Right. And he would go on and do it for the rest of his career. And mm-hmm. we think of it as Yul Brenner's. Yeah, I think that's the only thing, thing I've seen. Yul Brenner. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so then we go into the nineties. No, I'm sorry. Oh I'm my sorry. gosh, I'm no, keeping I... this in. Let it be known on the record, David has just skipped over one of the best musicals, one of my favorite musicals of all time. He skipped over, and and arguably, and no, not arguably, Hal Prince's legacy. He skipped Still over Still on it. Broadway. Skipped over it completely. By he mistake. skipped over Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> what show? What is that? Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Who? I'm sure his contemporaries at the time thought a musical version of Phantom of the Opera 
That's probably not a good bet. Sounds a little kitschy, yeah. But Sounds a little corny. It's really Hal Prince that pulls it together mm. and makes it a great show. Well, there. Well, first off, we got to start with the wonderful drawing, which I only assume appeared the Sunday before it opened. Oh, of course, the cast drawing. Wonderful cast drawing, which just encapsulates the entirety. Of well, the but as I argue in the Hirschfeld Century book, is. It's really about the production more than it's yes. about the performers. I think that's true. And we've talked, We might, I don't know if we've talked about that on this, but one of my other favorite, of course, I love mega musicals, uh, Les Mis, not one of my favorite drawings. Although it's right. one of my favorite shows because it's almost, there's too much going on. And you get that also with the with the Phantom drawing. He, I mean, he gets every single thing that's in. <laughs> you get the, the elephant, I guess the chandelier, is the chandelier in there? Oh yeah. You get almost everything. And it's very busy, like you were, like you were saying. It is more about the spectacle right. rather than the and show. And this drawing took up the whole top of the fold on the front page of the arts and leisure section. Very overwhelming. It was a cultural moment. Mm-hmm. And this was really sort of the second British invasion mm-hmm. uh, in popular right. culture yeah. uh, in the 20th century. And, uh, you know, the fact that the show is still running more than 30 yeah. years later tells you, Wow, it had a real effect. Hirschfeld yeah. um, would do many more drawings of the production, yeah. uh, both in, for Friday drawings, but also just for the stars of the show. Michael Crawford was never drawn yeah. uh, with his face showing in the show. Mm-hmm. And late in the uh, in Hirschfeld's career, I think in 1995, he he's commissioned to do a drawing of Michael Crawford where you can see Crawford's face. He's holding yeah. the mask. Yeah, that's a great um, one. There's also a great one. I'm a big Colm Wilkinson fan. Uh, there's a great one of him basically in the same pose right. as the Michael Crawford one. But for a decade in which he doesn't really have any big hits, to have what is arguably his biggest hit ever. To end it with Phantom, I think you can go out on top. So the fact is, we're still living in Hal Prince's Broadway. Oh, for sure. uh, Because his work is still on Broadway. Without a doubt. Um, As we go into the 90s, again, um, Hal Prince's moment probably has passed. Hmm. Um, Although he does a great production... Uh, he directs a great production of Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yes, David loves his drawing. It drives I me I love this drawing. <laughs> that that central figure of Cheetah Rivera and Brent Carver is, it's exquisite. It's just, it's, it's what I consider classic Hirschfeld, where lines just flow into other lines, and you capture both the sensuality of the moment and the sort of uh, pose of the moment. its It's got everything. Yeah, it uh, is very nice. You could drop off everything else in the background and you'd still have Kiss of the Spider Oh, Woman. yeah, for sure. I think that I, I would even like that more. <laughs> I think if you dropped off the background. Catherine Eastman, editing, editing. Al Hirschfeld's work. <laughs> Look, Al, there's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> but it is, and it's the one, uh, he goes on uh, the following season to direct a revival of Showboat, um, which is, I mean, it's fine, but it's not a new show. I mean, that's the thing about Hal Prince is Mm -hmm. you want to see what he does with new material. Well, he's so good at inventing and making new things. So the the other two drawings of the 90s are revivals. They're Mm -hmm. Showboat and Candide. Right. Uh, And Candide, of course, a show, another show that famously... Has all it seems like it has all the right elements and right. yet it's never been a hit. Yeah, you know, a great score, the book is okay, mm. yet somehow it's never found an audience. Yeah, uh, and then, then, then in the 2000s, 
the one of the last the last drawing he does of a Prince production is a show called Hollywood Arms, written that was produced and directed by Hal Prince. Uh, it was written by Carol Burnett's daughter who died. Mm. Um, uh, Linda Lavin starred in it, and uh, I would say as a final Hal Prince drawing. Uh, a, a drawing of a Hal Prince right, show. Right, a, it's a little sad because it's 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 a pretty uh, pedestrian drawing. Yeah. Uh, as as if I'm the editor, I would have ended it at Michael Crawford's Phantom. <laughs> oh, the Candide's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, Hal, of course, was uh, drawn um, several times by Al, and in fact, the last drawing he did of Hal Prince comes, uh, just before Hollywood Arms. Um, the first time he drew him was in a, uh, a night celebrating Clive Barnes, and it's Hal Prince and, uh, Lincoln Kirstein and Robert Merrill, and they're all surrounding, uh, Clive Barnes. And this um, was made into a print, was it, it not? It was yeah, made into a print, yeah. and, uh, we still don't know why. <laughs> Nobody, nobody calls and asks for that. Image. No, I can't say anybody has that in the wings print. Yeah. Anybody wants a uh, wings? The television show. We have Becker too. Don't, yeah, we have Becker. Yeah, don't Becker wings. don't uh, worry. You. We have we can get you all the Becker prints that you want. Um, but he did draw Hal uh, for Friday Drawing in 1978. I like this. And this is the quintessential. Yeah, that is the quintessential. Um, there is no drawing by Hirschfeld of Hal Prince in which his glasses are not on top of his head. Must mean something. Uh, See, I don't do that because it stretches the glasses out. And you are not Hal Prince. Well, well, no, I'm not. But I'm just saying. You should keep them on his face because if you put them on your head, they stretch out. I but know, literally, the f- almost every photo you see of Hal Prince, that's he's true. got his glasses mm-hmm. on his head. Mm-hmm. So for Al, I'm sure that's how he saw him. Right, that's the pose. Uh, there was a drawing, I think, uh, 1997. Um, probably that would have been around the time he was doing Candide, um, and it's a nice head and shoulders portrait, sort of. I think a great late Hirschfeld. And then Hal Prince shows up in the uh, mural of the Amer- the history of the American Musical Theater. Yes. That was made into a mural for what was then called the Hal Prince uh, Music Theater in uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh, okay. And while they and that was a, a building that was supposed to be about sort of uh, trying out new musicals. It was going to mm. be sort of a laboratory for new musicals. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the woman who put it together and who had the smarts to get Hirschfeld to do a mural for it was not particularly good at getting the money for things. Mm, that's important. It always, and yeah. how Prince would be the first one to tell you. Yeah. You've got to have the money to do the work. Yeah. And so that folded. Um, the building went through several hands, and now it's in the hands of the Philadelphia Film Society. Mm. And the mural's still there. Right. Yep. So if you're in Philadelphia and you want to see a movie, yeah. go over to the Philadelphia Film Society. It's called the Prince Theater now. I kind of want to go, actually, because I've only seen this on the computer screens. I'm going next week. <gasps> Maybe I should go. You should and come And I'm proud me. of myself. This is We're looking at part two. That's the part that has Hal Prince. I can name almost everybody. So I'm <laughs> learning. I don't know who the one guy in the corner is. He looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda a little bit, and I know it's not him. What are you talking about? That's Frank Michael Lesser? Bennett? Is it Michael Bennett? Oh, yeah, Michael Bennett. I was going to say, he has a bow tie on. They all have bow ties on. Yeah, they're all wearing tuxes. Uh, <laughs> but that's we'll a great piece. That. 
No, yeah. I do like that piece. It's always, I like all those big composite pieces because, I mean, this one too. I mean, look at the lines. It's actually really great. Well, it's it is. Really this wonderful. is. Even though it's a composite and, you know, it's not telling, well, it's telling a story somewhat. Sure. Of the American theater. Um, it is nice. It's a nice, the composition is nice. It, it really works well, and yeah. it's a great summation of the American musical theater oh, in the 20th sure. century. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm glad that he was able to do that. He, yeah. he enjoyed doing it. It's mm. one of the few times he asked to have a full-size reproduction made oh. for himself. Yeah. Oh, and nice. so fortunately, we still have that. Nice. It's, it's appropriate that Hal Prince would be in a mural of the American Musical Theater yeah. with so many people he had worked with. I mean, in this panel, oh, yeah. you yeah, have Sondheim, you have Berns, uh, uh, Bernstein, mm -hmm. you have Kander and Ebb, who did uh, Cabaret. Jerry. My oh, Jerry, Jerry Robbins. Yep. Oh, sure. You have uh, Fosse. Fosse, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. George Abbott is there. Mm -hmm. I don't think he ever worked with Yip Harburg. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm sure they knew each other. And Frank Lesser, he never worked with. Okay. Um, but uh, again, um, he would have known him. Mm -hmm. They would have known oh, each sure. other. Right. They were of course, yeah. they were friends and friendly rivals. Yeah. They had a lot of shows running at the same time. So it's a nice sort of coda to the end For of Hal sure. Prince's yeah. career. So did Al ever meet Hal? Yes. <laughs> oh, number of times. I mean, oh, they really? they were Broadway first nighters oh, since true. the fifties. Gosh. So. I mean, you have to understand the Broadway first night crowd, especially in the 50s and mm -hmm. 60s. Oh, that was that was a very tight social yeah. uh, group, yeah. and they saw each other 60 to 70 times a year, right. 60 to 70 nights a year, in which they would see a show together and go to a party together. Mm. So uh, he's not in Broadway first nighters at the Playbill Room in 1958 because mm. at that time he was just he really wasn't getting anybody. started. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't have been really known. Um, it, uh, but eventually, of course, they got to know each other. And Hal had a number of uh, Hirschfeld drawings. Mm. Um, in fact, when we were putting together the Hirschfeld Century exhibition, oh, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to include the drawing of Company. Yep. I thought it was an important drawing, nice drawing, beginning of the really Sondheim-Prince uh, collaboration mm -hmm. and so I we didn't have in in our computer database we didn't have the information of where it was so we went to Al Hirschfeld's account books mm. he kept very good records he did yeah and saw that he sold it to Sondheim oh perfect so I contacted Sondheim and said could we borrow it right. he says oh I'd love to help you out but I did buy it but I didn't keep it I gave it to Hal oh. <laughs> so I called Hal and I got him on the phone, and I told him what we were doing, and could we borrow it? Could not have been nicer. Yeah. Was and and thought the world of Al Hirschfeld, no. and just was thrilled. Three weeks later, a uh, person in his office calls me back, mm. and says, um, "How thought you should know that the drawing is not in New York?" Ew. I thought maybe it's in Connecticut. Right, he said, right. no, Worst it's in case his. It's in Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said, no, it's in his apartment in Paris. <sighs> and I knew right away, not going to spend the money, yeah. even if they had it, to bring that drawing in from Paris. Yeah. So that show went without uh, that drawing. Unfortunately, sometimes cuts are made based on the location right. of the drawing and, and right. the expense it would take. <laughs> but uh, really, the conclusion of the Hirschfeld. Uh, Prince yeah. uh, relationship actually is the very last thing that uh, Prince was involved with on Broadway was a show called Prince of Broadway. 
Mm. And it was uh, sort of like a Jerome Robbins Broadway. Right, it was a compilation right. of uh, So would you say it was sort shows? of like a side-by-side? Oh, no, it was more than that. It was much more like Jerome Robbins Broadway where they did numbers from the shows. Okay. Yes, trying to be is, (laughs) and again, just so close. Oh, so close. Next time. Um, Well, two things. Originally, the plan was that the curtains of the show Mm. were going to be all the Hirschfeld drawings of how Prince shows. that would be fine. And we said, of course, we'd love to do it. Then they had the idea that they wanted to have the show hosted by a hologram of Prince, of Hal Prince, and they wanted it to be the Hirschfeld drawing. Oh my gosh. Wait, so Hal Prince is still alive, obviously. Yes. They want, they don't want Hal Prince to host it in person. They want Al Hirschfeld's caricature of Hal Prince to holographically host it. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I was fascinated. I was, I, I was ready. That to was see a big deal. Happened. I remember on American Idol one season in the early days, they did uh, an Elvis duet of "I Can If I Can Dream" from the '68 special, right. and Elvis was hologrammed in with Celine Dion. I was beside myself and in heaven. And uh, if I watched it now, know, folks. <laughs> if I watched it now, I'd probably be embarrassed. Yes, but I remember in the, in the like the in the late '90s, early 2000s, that was like really cool. Yeah, well, this was, I mean, eventually Prince of Broadway, it was one of these long gestating shows. Mm. Uh, And it finally got to Broadway in 2017, but it had been talked about for several years before that. And these different iterations, um, you know, we were, the producers came to us and started talking to us about it, but they're like, you can't tell Mm. anybody. Right, right. So I can tell it now because... They're not going to do it. Right, right. Um, The show's over. Mm. Uh, But uh, it would have been great. Uh, Hirschfeld hologram of Hal Prince. There is nothing more 21st century Broadway than that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for Hal Prince, he had a very long, wonderful life. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he lived to see himself... uh, I wouldn't long. say become irrelevant he because he was yeah. he 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 was still fostering and encouraging oh, for new sure. uh, new talent mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, he he's really a remarkable, remarkable guy. Um, but uh, you know, he was he the last show he produced on Broadway was twelve years ago, right? Yeah. And it was not a hit. Mm. Um, and before that, I mean, you really have to go back to Hollywood Arms. Mm for a new show he was doing on Broadway, mm. not right. a hit and yeah. not a great play. Well, um, you have I, to go back to Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think for somebody who was involved in West Side Story, Fiddler on the Roof, Sweeney Todd, Evita, and Phantom, I think he did his job. Oh, yes. I think oh. we're all better for it, and I think he can rest on those laurels. <laughs> I mean, if you had taken, if you taken uh, the '60s, you know, right? Just Zorba the, I mean, and, any and of those combinations. If you just took thinking. two of those combinations, yeah. you could say you're good. <laughs> yeah. So he he really was such a significant force on Broadway, and and because of that, his career is very well documented by hmm, Hirschfeld. That's true. Yeah. And so we so have this, a lot of shows. this remarkable record. Of uh, one man's influence on oh, Broadway, yeah. mm-hmm. and like Hirschfeld, I don't think we'll see another one like him. Yeah, um, because he could put together 
the financing for a show, uh, mm. it took a lot less money. Mm. You know, now I mean, Hirschfeld right. would say That's at the end true. of his life, it used to be you, you could start a show with a few dollars, and then it became like mm. opening U.S. Steel. Mm. You know, it became such a multi-million-dollar yeah. well, project. Well, it's such a big deal to go to a show anymore. Yes, I mean it. It is. It's a and a huge risk if you don't know if it's a brand new show. You know, for you, we talk about it sometimes. You know, for oh, sure. me, for us to spend one hundred and fifty dollars on one ticket to a show that we we <laughs> Why, don't did you really get a know. For right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those are the cheap seats. Uh, you know, for a show you don't really know if it's going to be good or if you're going to like it. It's hard. It's well, hard. That is why we have so many shows that yeah, are that adaptations are, yeah, of material yeah. you already know. Right. Um, right. Which is also not good that's not the solution the solution is not to spend lots of money on something you know you're going to like right it, there's got to be another but for every yeah. spongebob or Sponge. mean girls you know which we you know they're 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 there because they're known yeah. entities yeah. their brand is known we get a hamilton we that's get a true. hades town right. there's there's no, there great are, yeah. shows oh, no, going there, on it does happen um, um when it, when you can afford hamilton tickets everybody let me know <laughs> Hey, listen, um, you want to do something for the theater, go see the new shows. Go see mm-hmm. the shows that aren't based on a movie or a right. TV show or No, 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 for sure. Like My that. point is, though, it's it's hard to it, – you can only do like one a year or one every two years. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Al Hirschfeld. We are – no, no, no. We are on Facebook, the Al Hirschfeld Foundation – and we're on Twitter and Instagram at Al Hirschfeld. Our Instagram is blowing up. Uh, if you want to see all the high quality photos, go to our Instagram at Al Hirschfeld. We post something almost every day. Yes. Uh, um, you can always go to the mothership, alhirschfeldfoundation.org, yeah. and see virtually everything that Hirschfeld ever drew. You can look it up dozens of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, we have over 7,000 images up there. And we hope to get everything up there. We're working on it literally every day. Yep. Uh, and then uh, the, uh, the podcast is on Apple iTunes and I think a few other places. Uh, but if you want to, if the easiest ways, if you don't have, you know, apps on your fancy iPhone is to go to alhirschfeldfoundation.org slash podcasts with an S at the end. S is for Sweeney Todd. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Good. And that is all for this episode, and we will we hope to see you back soon with our next episode, uh, TBD. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll see you when we do. Just, you know, uh, when he didn't do Allegro by Rodgers and Hammerstein, mm, mm-hmm. uh, they called one time, and I said, I don't think there's a drawing, and I went and looked, mm. and there wasn't, because it was done in 1947, uh, and Hirschfeld sent, spent nine months of yep. 1947 traveling around the world with S.J. Perlman. Right, right. The, the two regrets I have are uh, Lion King and Aida. Which needs to be revived. Um, I, I was just thinking mean... the other day in my car, I was like, I cannot believe Aida has not been revived. It's not that old, but it is so good. We are now going to bring you uh, Regrets by <laughs> Catherine Eastman. Um, she she uh, regrets there there isn't a Hirschfeld drawing. That's what I'm Lion saying. King. Yes, I know. I regret <laughs> that there's not a Hirschfeld drawing of The Lion King, which was my first Broadway show when I was like eight years old. And <laughs> Aida, which is one of my most favorite musicals, of course. That goes without saying.
I thought Hunchback of Notre Dame was one of your favorite musicals. Oh, that one too. But that that was a movie originally, and that never never made it to Broadway. Although Hirschfeld did draw Hunchback when True. it was in Germany. It exactly. was in Germany in the early two thousands. Yes. Uh, but the the current one never made it to Broadway. I don't know why. But do you think there's any significance that your top three musicals that you've just mentioned are all Disney shows? No, I don't think that's uh, uh, it's not by accident. <laughs> She really has. She likes other musicals too, folks. That's funny because I th- we won't put this in the podcast. But Aida is Disney, but it yeah. was never made into a Disney movie. Right. It was just a show. It's interesting. That's wild. I wonder why. Yeah. Oh well. Okay.